This is the Equip Podcast from Cornerstone Church of Ames, a podcast designed to help you live a gospel-fueled and faithful life wherever Jesus has called you. Welcome again to the Equip Podcast from Cornerstone Church. My name is Mark Vance, and glad to be with you again. Today, I want to reflect a little bit on a verse that may be very well known to many of you, Micah 6, 8. It says, mankind, he's told you what is good and what the Lord requires of you to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. To do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. It's a a verse that many of us have heard. In fact, I think I remember in youth group growing up, we had a a song that like put this verse uh, to tune. And so I even grew up singing this verse, but it's a verse that what I want to do today is just reflect a little bit on how Micah 6, 8 can shape the way that we engage in dialogue with people that we might disagree with. If you think throughout uh, the last year, there have been plenty of things in the public sphere of life in America that have been contentious. We had a super difficult uh, political election season. We had riots and protests surrounding racial justice. We have uh, whether you should wear the mask or not wear the mask and whether you should get vaccinated and everything surrounding COVID. There's all sorts of areas where we're going to have to go into conversations, whether it's with a family member at the picnic or whether it's with a coworker over the water cooler, whether it's with a school board member in Ames over an issue that you disagree with, where you have to not only understand what your position is, like, what is true, you have to understand the posture that you bring into that conversation. And and an observation that I've had over the past year is that many times Christians have gotten the position right and their posture has been terrible. In other words, there's, there's a great temptation to get the right answer, but to say it in a way that is so harsh and off-putting that we don't bring the aroma of Christ into the answer that we give. And so I just want to reflect a little on Micah 6.8 with you and see what that could do to shape the way we think about how we engage on a controversial subject with somebody who's our neighbor or a friend or a coworker or a family member. And I hope that some of the wisdom that Micah 6.8 has given to me, I can impart to you. And I hope that all of us will live a little bit more faithfully in light of it. So again, Let's get the verse out there. Micah 6.8 says, Mankind, he has shown you, he has told you what is good and what the Lord requires of you. To do justice, to love mercy, or to love covenant faithfulness, and to walk humbly with your God. And what I want you to do is, here's the mindset. When you are going into a conversation with someone, I want you to think, or whether a question comes to you, hey, what do you think about this super controversial issue? I want you to think about living Micah 6-8 backwards. Okay, so just follow me for a second. If you start, what's the last command? It says, to walk humbly. So start with humility, to love mercy, be merciful and kind. And then finally it says, and then to do justice, to work for what is good in the world. So it the big lesson of this is I think to engage in public conversation right now as a Christian, we need to start with humility personally. We need to give kindness and mercy to others. 
And then ultimately, we need to make our aim to do justice, not simply to win an argument. So let's work the way through each one of those. So start with mercy, start with humility, rather. You, when we go into a conversation, let's think even uh, this past year, I've been in a conversation in a public way in this city of Ames around our school's choice to use uh, the Black Lives Matter Week of Action curriculum um, throughout the year. And I certainly have disagreed, not with the statement or sentiment that Black Lives Matter, but with some of the curriculum choices which brought up matters of human sexuality, about the nature of what a family is, that I think ultimately go far beyond the charge of what a public school exists to offer. But when I start with humility, I start with not wanting to see where I could be right, but I want to start with doubting my own information and my own motives. I want to ask the question, not how am I so right and they are so wrong. I want to ask the question, where could I possibly be wrong? Where could it be that I don't understand fully the situation that's happening on the ground? And so one of the applications for me has been privately and personally to do what I can to pursue relationship to pursue conversation with people who are on the exact opposite side of a discussion where I might be. To ask them, what do you think that I'm missing in this conversation? To let their input shape me. Because I think one of the most important things, I mean, think about this as a husband or a wife, as a friend. One of the most important things in any conversation where you differ in opinion from someone else is to not just believe the best about yourself, but to believe the best about them. In other words, let me use one of the phrases. When it thinks, we think of how we approach a conversation with humility that Alex Tuckness, one of our elders, has taught me. He said, Mark, you need to go into a conversation doing more bam than wham. Okay, so B-A-M, bam versus wham, W-A-M. He says, Mark, bam stands for best available motive. And wham stands for worst available motive. He said, most of the time when we go into a conversation, here's what we do. When we try to win an argument, we wham the other person. We think, oh, that's so silly. We uh, Intellectually, we create what's called a straw man, where you present the argument of someone else in a way that is so ludicrous they would never agree to it. You know, and so you, you think, like you hear it on a political side, oh, the liberals, they just want to make us into communist China. Okay, well, well that is a really exaggerated, that is the worst available motive that you could assign to a person. They would never agree to that statement. Or people say about conservatives, all conservatives want to do is just protect all their money and they hate poor people. Well, okay, that is not a starting point for meaningful dialogue. It didn't start with humility. It started going wham instead of bam. Think of the best available motive. Even when we came to the question of how we work for racial equality in our schools, The folks on the other side of a very public debate, they weren't horrible people trying to do horrible things. They were approaching a very real question. What does like justice in the area of racial equality look like in a community? Now, I might not agree with the solutions they put forward, but if I can ascribe to them the best available motive, bam, not the worst available motive, that puts me in a disposition of approaching a conversation with humility. So here's the big question I want to ask you. Think of that debate you're having with a family member, with a friend. 
Have you considered the possibility that you might be wrong? Have you looked at yourself and said, what, what are the holes in how I think? Have you been humble toward the person? Even, even if it meant you would, because the goal in an argument is not to win an argument. The goal in a discussion is not to win. The goal is to seek understanding, to walk with humility. That's required of God. So are you walking with humility or are you thinking very highly of yourself? Okay, here's the second thing that's helped. He says, you need to walk humbly. And it says, you need to love mercy. This means, for me, this has been so tried this past year is, how can I, in every possible interaction I have, to the best of ability that I have, how is it that I can operate always with kindness, gentleness, and mercy? That has to do with the posture of my heart. The Bible is very clear, Second Timothy, the servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be gentle with all, praying that God would bring people to repentance. Okay, that has helped me so much this year. The one who wants to be the Lord's servant, who's a servant of Jesus, you don't get the opportunity to brawl with people in public. You can't just throw accusations at other people. You can't say wildly exaggerated statements because you can't quarrel. Your goal is not to fight. What is it? You must always be gentle. You must always be gentle. Now, the main objection to this I get from people is something like this. Well, was Jesus gentle when he flipped over the tables and whipped the... Well, okay, that's a... That's a pretty extreme example. (laughs) So the first thing we need to step back and say is, did Jesus regularly whip people in the temple? Well, he saved his words of his greatest warning for people like the Pharisees. Okay, the Pharisees were people who were utterly and completely convinced of the moral high ground that they had as religious conservatives in the Jewish day. So Jesus was gentle with sinners who were far from God. He was very hard on religious hypocrites who claimed to be close to God, but yet actually drove people far away from him. And I want you to know that Jesus in so doing, he loved the Pharisees. One of the passages in in the gospels that has so struck me over and over and over again has been when Jesus pronounces his woes on the Pharisees. He's, he begins the passage, Woe to you, Pharisees, scribes and hypocrites. He says things like, You are whitewashed tombs. You look good on the outside, but inside you're full of dead man's bones. I mean, it is a brutal rebuke. At the end of that passage, one of the gospel accounts, it says, at the end of it, Jesus looked over Jerusalem. He says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who killed the prophets, how often I have wept over you wishing that you would come in, but you would not. See, you can deliver the rebuke of the woe of the Pharisees if you weep for their hearts too. And I have to be honest with my Christian friends, I don't see us weeping a lot right now over the hearts of people. I don't see the Christian church always marked by kindness and dialogue. Right now, I think we are being discipled more in our speech by politics, politicians, and social media than we are by what the scripture calls us to. 
because the scripture says the servant of the Lord must always be gentle. The question I have is, do you represent Jesus in how you speak? Loving mercy. Loving mercy means I have a convictional kindness. I never give away my convictions of the truth, but I also never give away seeing the person on the other side of an issue as a beautiful image bearer, one who may be misled, but who is not my enemy. They are my neighbor. They are a person made in God's image. And so I will treat them that way because I have a convictional, convictional kindness, a convictional grasp on mercy. So you begin with humility or you say, I know I could be wrong. I could see this thing in a flawed way. You approach a conversation knowing you could be off. And then secondly, you love mercy. You give to the other person grace upon grace upon grace. You're gentle and you're kind by conviction. And then the third thing is you do justice. You work for justice here. Work for justice. That doesn't mean you work to win an argument. In a public conversation around, let's talk about a a subject like policing that could be controversial in the public square. Your aim is not ultimately to win an argument. Your aim is to work for the good of people. Justice is, and I I think we do need to be careful with this world because currently we are living in an age where many people cite the word justice. We're working for justice but they offer a definition of justice that is socially constructed more than biblically constructed. When we think about what justice is in the world, justice is about seeing the rule and reign of God, his righteousness, his good enacted in the world. Justice is about right outcomes happening, good reigning. And so justice in a Christian definition We always look at the character and nature of God to show us that which is good, just, and right, okay? So, we can have lots of different worldly definitions of justice, but for the Christian, we we define justice by what Jesus looked like, how Jesus lived, what his moral standards are, what he calls us to. So, when we work for justice... Alex Tuckness has given this definition of justice. Justice is seeing people treated with the status that being an image bearer affords them with a special concern for the poor and for the marginalized. That's what justice is about in God's world. It's seeing people made in his image treated the way God says image bearers should be treated with a special concern for people who are on the outside of traditional social structures, the poor, the marginalized. The Bible talks about the orphan and the widow. And so our aim in any conversation is not to win an argument. Our aim in any discussion is not to prove a point. Our aim is to say, I want to work for the good of people made in God's image so that the way God has designed the world to work begins to more and more be put on display for the good of people, especially for people who are poor who are marginalized, and who are on the fringes of society. So as Christians, we have a special care and concern for the orphan, a special care and concern for the widow, a special care and concern for the immigrant who is new to a community and doesn't know their way around, a special care and concern for the unborn 
who have no ability to defend themselves, a special care and concern for groups that have been racially stigmatized and pushed down. Why? Because God looks beyond what is the traditional group of people who would gather power, and he sees people outside of that. He sees the poor and the marginalized, the orphan and the widow. So as Christians, we work for justice. Make your aim to see God's standards of how people should be treated come to bear, not just to win an argument or to own the libs or to make a point on social media. That, that's not the goal. That's not the goal. So I want you to step back. Micah 6.8 says, Mankind, he's told you what's good, what the Lord requires of you, to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. And so maybe you're going to have a conversation with a friend coming up where you see very differently from the person on the other side of the table. might be about a political hot button issue. Here's the, here's the posture that I want you to take into it. Here's the posture that I'm praying God helps me to take into that discussion is, first, I want to start with humility. I want to walk humbly with my God. I want to say I could be wrong. Second, I want to love mercy and kindness. I've been shown so much mercy by Jesus. I should go over and above to show mercy to another people, to assign them the best of possible motive, not the worst possible motive, to be kind and gentle, to avoid quarreling. And then ultimately, I want to have as my aim not to win an argument or to make a point, but to work for justice, to see more and more truth and righteousness reign and how image bearers are treated in the world. If this is going to be our disposition, my suggestion is you really have to make a conscious attempt right now to let scripture, not culture, not politics, disciple you. Because right now, a lot of the cues of how we should behave, well, it seems like right now we have a lot of people who want to work for what they see as justice with a bitter anger toward people on the other side and with a self-righteous confidence that they're completely right and the other side is completely wrong. I understand how people get there, but let's be honest, Christians, we have a different king and a different calling. And so let Micah 6.8 guard your heart and shape the way that you engage in the world. Let's love love to be humble. Let's love to be merciful. Let's love justice. And let's set a different way of engaging with our friends, with our neighbors, with those who may differ from us in the upcoming days. And let me give you a final challenge on this. I think this is really only put to the test when you have honest face-to-face conversations with people that you see differently from. I think a lot of our conversation this year has actually kind of often amounted to just getting people together to vent and talk who really basically think the same thing already. And so we kind of reinforce each other's narratives about people on the other side. So one of the questions I've asked people, um, this was recently shared with me by Tim Garden, who's a city council member in Ames, just a really godly, wonderful member of Cornerstone. He said, Mark, one of the questions I ask people if they want to consider seeking political offices, um, how many friends do you have that you talk with regularly that you respect who think totally differently than you? And that was a real challenge to me because I think a lot of times it's very easy to find yourself believing that you're right 
on a political or controversial cultural issue, but you don't know anybody who thinks differently than you. You don't have honest dialogue to see where they could come from. So Christians, here's a little challenge for you. Live with a Micah 6-8 heart, but make an intentional effort to get to know your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers who are different than you. And with an honest heart and a kind spirit, have a conversation. I don't think you need to be afraid about having conversations about things that are controversial. I think we need to be afraid about having conversations over things that are controversial when our main aim is to be right and to prove that we're right. If we enter into the public sphere and public places as Christians with a Micah 6-8 sort of intent, we may not win an argument. And in fact, people may reject what we say, but we'll honor Christ and we'll be a faithful presence and witness for Him in those places. So live with a Micah 6-8 heart. Walk with humility, love mercy, and ultimately work for justice in God's world. Mm-hmm.